0: Amen. So thank you for being here. I would ask for the next few minutes if you would just give me your undivided attention. I know sometimes it's easy to get distracted, but let's really try hard to pay attention this morning to what I feel like the Lord would have to say to us. Thank you so much. I thank you so much for being here. I love and appreciate you. Tiffany and I appreciate you. We love you. We pray for you. And we're so glad to be at this church with you for the dream and the vision that God has for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have. We pray that you open our ears and our hearts to hear your word, and let it go forth in power. Let it go forth in boldness, and everyone shouted a great big. My, um, before I get started, uh, Kelly and Pastor Brandon, could you just bring my little illustration here in the middle, and we'll get that done before I get started. I have a little illustration this morning, and. Um, I'm not the best at illustrations, but uh, I tried one this morning. Is that all right? So uh, they're going to put that right in the middle if it'll fit. And if it doesn't, that's fine. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate that. And I will just preach right here in front of it. All right? Okay. Oh, you did a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, you did. Thank you, Pastor Brandon. <laughs> my my top Three responsibilities as a pastor includes leading you, protecting you from false doctrine, heresy, leading you into the future, and also feeding you the Word of God. Those are my top three primary responsibilities as a pastor. A part of leading a church of course, is giving direction and providing vision for the church. And once a year, I plan a service where I share with you the vision and the direction of this church for the upcoming year. I have done this for the last 12 years as pastor. And today I want to share with you my heart concerning the direction of this church in the year 2022. Before I share with you what I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to hear this morning, I want to just share with you a couple housekeeping items before I get to the meat of what I want to say this morning. First of all, I want you to know that it is a privilege for me to be your pastor. I honestly do love what I do. It's not a job. It's a calling. My heart is is for you. I'm committed to you. I believe in you. I want you to know that I am not a pastor trying to seek to go somewhere else. I really am planted, and I'm rooted, committed for the future of this church and for the vision of this church. I really do have a heart for you. And I'm not standing here this morning to say a bunch of words to flatter you. I'm saying this to you because I truly do love you and believe in the direction of this church. Not only do I believe in this church as a whole, but I love you as an individual. And I believe that God has a purpose and plan for each of us. I am so blessed. I've pastored this church single for the last 12 years. And previous before this, I pastored eight years at another church. And so this past year, God has graciously brought me the perfect wife. And I say that with all honesty. I couldn't have asked for a better wife. She is loving and supportive. She prays for me. She believes in me. And she is the helpmate that I needed. And so, Tiffany, I want you to know, thank you and I love you. You are a wonderful pastor's wife, isn't she? Second of all, I want you to know that I really had a struggle and what to say this year, a battle, a deep battle. I've pastored here for 12 years, and every year I've gotten up here and I've said some things and shared some things with you. Every February we have a Vision Sunday, and every year I get up here and share some things that we are going to try or attempt to do. And some of those things we have done with excellence and we've done it well and we're still doing it. There are some things we didn't do. Maybe it was because of lack of detail or lack of preparation, lack of resources, lack of support. Maybe our leadership lid wasn't high enough to attempt to do certain things and I understand that. Or maybe there was some sort of confusion about certain things. Maybe I, as a pastor, didn't clearly define it. There are some things we did with excellence and did well, and there are some things we didn't do at all. Some things that we just didn't do with excellence. But in all of that, we've tried. And I want you to know that I want to be very careful in what I say this morning, because vision is more than just a bunch of words. Vision is action. And I have certainly sat at my desk and in prayer, contemplated over all the things we said we were going to do. I don't like for pastors to get up and say they're going to do a bunch of things and don't really do it. And I'm aware of those things that we said we were going to do and didn't do it. So I want to be cautious. And I want to move on with caution. And I just don't want to throw out a bunch of words. I want to really prayerfully evaluate what we have done. And I want to celebrate our small victories. And at the same time, I want to reevaluate some of the things we didn't get to do because of certain things. And I want to prayerfully make sure that as we go forth in this future and this year, that we look at the past previous years and we can learn from them and we can progress with confidence Would you say amen this morning? So I want to proceed with caution, and I want my words to be heavy this morning. I don't want it to be flattery. I want it to be truthful. Uh, Dave Ramsey said it like this. He said, success is lying on a pile of failures rather than laying under them. I choose to believe that. Sometimes if we're going to move forward, we got to learn from the past. And there are some things we did do that didn't work, and that's okay. Because that's how you learn to grow a church. You try things, and if it doesn't work, that's okay. If something doesn't work, that's all right. Let's have that mindset. If something doesn't work, that's fine. We tried it. But let's never stop trying. Let's never stop believing. Let's never stop pushing forward. Because God certainly has a plan for us. Today isn't about making a new vision. I want you to listen to Pastor Josh. Today isn't about making a new vision. Today isn't about me saying something new, because we already have a vision. Today is about taking the steps towards the vision. I'm going to say that again. Today is not about me declaring to you something new. Or coming up with a new vision. We already have a vision. Today is about taking steps towards the vision. The question that we gotta ask ourselves this morning is this What steps should we as a church take to make the vision a reality? That's the great question we need to ask. What are the steps that we need to take towards the vision so that it will become a reality? Do you remember what the Apostle Paul said? The Apostle Paul said in one of his books, the Philippian book, he said, I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of Jesus Christ. Do you notice what he said? I press towards the mark of the prize. You see, my friends, there is always a mark before the prize. There's always a mark. Before the destination. And sometimes we have destination disease. We want to get there so bad that we don't take time to celebrate the marks that's on the way. We don't take time to celebrate the stones that's on the way. Those marks are a stone towards our destination. And this morning I want you to open your heart up and realize that God has been working in and through this church we need to recognize the stones that's been laid along the way. I don't want you to feel this morning that I'm here to make a name for myself. I got delivered from that many years ago. I got delivered from trying to make a big church. My primary responsibility is to walk in my calling, and my calling is this. It's very simple. That is to make a discipleship-making church. I want to make followers of Jesus. I want to make followers who are fruitful and faithful to Jesus. I want to make followers who are transformed by His grace and love. I want to make followers who don't just attend church on Sunday morning, but their Christianity affects their lifestyle. The decisions that they make on Monday and Tuesday, it affects their life. That Christianity isn't something you just say on Sunday morning or a creed, we just say, because it's on the board. But our life is transformed because we are now obedient followers of Jesus. Our mind, our hearts, our soul, we believe this thing. Not only do we believe it, but our behavior and our attitude and our values reflect that. I want to develop a church where you have a Christian worldview, where the decisions that you make are really a result of the worldview that you have. Everyone has a worldview. You make decisions based upon a view that you have. And I want to develop Christians who make their decisions based upon what the Scripture says, based upon what the Bible says, not based upon humanistic reasoning or philosophical reasoning, but yet based upon a Christian worldview. Disciples who are obedient to Jesus, who are followers of Jesus... And my friends, that's the type of church I want. That's the type of church he wants. And hopefully that's the type of church you want. I don't want you to feel like I'm here to make a name for myself. I'm not here to make a name for myself. I'm here just to do what God wants me to do. But I also realize that you, yourself, you have a vision for your life as well. If I scan this audience, every one of you, you have a heart to do something for God, and I respect that. You have a dream yourself. You have a plan inside that you want to do, and I understand that, and I respect that. And what I'm asking today is not for you to make a name for myself or Christ's point. I'm simply asking you, would you just come alongside with me and walk with me on this journey? You can still do what God has laid on your heart at the same time walking with me and building a church together for God's glory. You see, I'm convinced that we're not called to be like other churches. Although I do want to say this, we certainly can learn from other churches. And I believe that as Christ Point Church, we need to celebrate other churches and other ministries. Generosity is more than just money generosity has to do with your praise as well. And I celebrate churches who are pushing forward and winning the lost. I celebrate ministries who are getting in there and fighting for the souls. Amen. I never want to have a competitive heart or competitive spirit against a family member. Those churches who believe in Jesus are family members and we are in this thing together because we're family. So, this is not about if that church does it better than we or we do it better. That's not. We're all family. Each church has a different DNA. And there's enough people in this region to fill up every church and still fill up some more churches. We should never fight for people. This church has its own DNA. We can learn from other churches. But we have our own DNA, and we have to find our calling and our DNA and do what we can, listen to Pastor, with the resources that we have. We may not have all the other resources that some people have, and that's all right. Because when I read the Bible, God uses what you have. Little is much when God is in it. You see, when he fed the multitude, he only took a little boy's lunch and blessed the little boy's lunch, and it fed 5,000 people. When Moses delivered his people from the land of Egypt and brought them over on dry ground on the Red Sea, he used a rod because God asked Moses, What do you have, Moses? The woman of Zarephath only had a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour, but the prophet said, You make me something first, and then God will take care of your family. God is asking us this morning, what do we have? You take what we have, use it with the best of our ability, and God will multiply it, and he will get the glory. We're going to find our DNA and use what we have to the best of our ability, and God will use it and bless it, and he will get the glory. Somebody say amen. And I also want to say this, that I believe in this church, and I believe in you, And we are going to move forward in 2022. Our future is bright. And the reason our future is bright, because God is with us. He is Emmanuel. He was with his people in the Old Testament as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He was with the prophets of old. He was with the saints of old. And ladies and gentlemen, we're just a part of the grand story of what God is doing. And God is with this church. He's going to continue to be with this church. And he is going to get all the glory and all the honor. And there's no reason to be discouraged this morning. This is the best of times. And yet it's the worst of times. But I'm optimistic about what God is getting ready to do before Gabriel sounds that trumpet and we all go home. Amen? Amen? Before we move forward, it's imperative that we look at the past. You see, if you're going to go forward, you always got to evaluate what you've already done. And last February, I stood up here and said that we're going to do five things. You probably don't remember them, and that's okay. I'm going to remind you of them. I'm the one that's steering the ship. I know that I said these things. And I was working on them, and I'm going to remind you of these things. We said we were going to have vision clarity, number one. Number two, we were going to have leadership formation. We were going to make our discipleship pathway clear, relational outreach and intentional uh, engagement, which is with the technology. Those are the things we said we were going to do. Some of those things we did do, some of those things we tried to do, and some of those things we didn't do. For instance, I think we need to celebrate some of the small victories. What are the small victories in 2021 that we can celebrate? Number one, maybe you have some stones that you can look over, but these are the stones that I picked up in the water of Christ's point. Number one, our small victories. We were not afraid to try new things. We really did try new things. We tried to adopt the block. We tried the table. We tried it many times, many months. We tried it. We realized it wasn't as successful uh, as we thought it was. We did prepare. We knocked on doors. Some of us went with you. Some of you went with us. We canvassed the area. We sent Facebook out. I mean, we did everything we know to do, and it just didn't work. And that's all right. We learned something. Can I hear an amen? That's all right. I'm going to say we have an A on learning to try new things. Thank you. Number two, we had a greater sense of missional service. I mean, it was amazing the people that came out just willing to serve. We had lots of people that were willing to serve and feed and, 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 and uh, pass out food. That was wonderful. It blew our minds. That was a greater missional service, a sense of missional service. It showed me and our missions pastor that people really were hungry to serve. Number three, we really did grow in new converts. We really did disciple some people. I counted at least 12, just by memory, that went through the core class, that was discipled, that was baptized, and that still, they're in church this morning. So that is a victory. That's a victory. They're in church this morning. I could have them stand, but I'm not going to do that. But you know who they are. We celebrate that. Number four, the quality of our virtual church has gotten better. Online, you see, when the pandemic happened, we didn't expect to to be pushed into the online service, online uh, uh, services. But that was good; it made us better. And so last year we raised money to make our virtual church better, and the sound is better, and the quality is better. We have some ways to go, but thank the Lord, we're on the progress. Somebody say, "Amen." And lastly, one of the small victories is that we do have uh, engagement. Uh, on our virtual church. People do respond, people do listen, people do give, and we have an audience there. I think according to James and Megan, we have at least, is this right, 50? We can say 30 to 50 people that watch online every week. And so we praise God for that. Can somebody say amen to that? So we celebrate these small stones that God has given us I want to say this morning that vision is something that could be fueled by the conviction that it should be. That's what vision is. Vision is something that could be fueled by the conviction that it should be. And I want to say this loud. And I want to say it clear. I want you to come along with me on this journey, and I want you to have a conviction that this just should be. This, this should be. This should be more than a dream. This should be more than a sermon. This should be more than a speech that pastor gives once a year. This is something that should be. I'm convicted by a conviction that this should be. Vision is something that is fueled. Vision is something that could be. It's fueled by the conviction that it should be. Is there anybody in the building that can wave your hand and say, Pastor, I believe that we should shift from could be to should be. Amen. I want to shift from could be to should be. And I believe that you are here this morning because you are on the journey with me. And you do have that conviction or you wouldn't be sitting there this morning. Throughout the past couple weeks, I started a sermon series. And I'm sure that you can remember the sermon series. The sermon series was called Just a Pile of Stones. And I preached those sermon series the past couple weeks to prepare you for today. Because I'm tying it all together today in this sermon series that I started a few weeks ago. Just a pile of stones. Remember in the book of Joshua chapter number 4, God gave a great victory to the children of Israel. And God brought them through the Jordan River. And God dried up the river so that they would walk on dry ground. But God told Joshua, I want you to get some stones out. I want you to lay some stones. And I want these stones to be memorials for future generations. See, God was trying to teach Joshua something. God was saying to Joshua, I want these stones to represent a story that future generations can look back and they're going to ask, what does these stones mean? And that will be an opportunity for you to share with them the story that God did a great miracle at the Jordan River. The same God that did a miracle at the Jordan River was the same God that did it at the Red Sea. God was saying, "I want you to place some rocks there, a pile of stone." And future generations are going to look at it, and they're going to ask, what does that mean? And you're going to tell them that's a memorial, that's a sign, that's a reminder to tell us what God did at this particular moment. And I ask you to share with your family and to share with your spouse and to share each other stories of what God is doing in your life. I'm asking, you re- I'm asking you to lay some stones down. I'm asking you when you sit down at the kitchen table and you eat with your family, I want you to start sharing some stones short stories of what God is doing in their life. I want you to teach your family that God is even in the minute details of life, that there's nothing that just happens in life, but that God is interwoven in the pages of our story. God is the grand weaver. God can be seen throughout the pages of our life. And sometimes you just got to get down and wipe the hay off of baby Jesus' face. And you'll realize that God is really born in the stable of your life. That God is really born in the messes of your life. God is really there even in the difficult times of your life. I want you to open up your eyes. And I want you to see the stones that God has laid. And I want you to lay some stones. I want you to talk about what God is doing. I want you to teach your children that life is more than an iPhone and an iPad. I want you to start teaching your children some stories. I shared some stories last week about uh, how I used to sit around the, the, the living room with my grandparents, and they get the guitar out, And my granddad played the steel guitar. And and my grandma would start singing the old hymns with her sisters. And I used to sit there and I used to sing it with them and listen to the stories of their grandmother being a pastor. I used to have those stories. Those are stories that are dear to my heart that I could pass on to the next generation. Each of you have a story. Each of you have a story of what God is doing in your life. And I'm asking you to let's pass it down to the next generation. But as a church... I think we need to have some stories to tell. As a church, we need to lay some stones down. As a church, we need to pass on to the next generation what God is doing. This building is here not for our glory, but maybe this building is here as a memorial of what God can do. You see, maybe we can lay some stones down and talk about what God is doing here at Christ's point. I know that you can find something wrong, believe me, I can look around and find something wrong. But I'm asking you, would you find something right? Would you talk about the stones that God is doing? Would you talk about laying some stones and laying some stones for future generations? Yes, there's a time to evaluate and there's a time to improve. There's a time to correct. But there's also a time of celebration. I am asking you, let's celebrate the small victories and let some lay some stones down. Remember I said those stones was a... Those stones represented a movement of God. You see, in the Old Testament, every time that God, usually when God would do something miraculous, God would say to his people, I don't want you to forget me. Don't forget me. Lay a stone down. Lay a stone down. Remember in the book of Deuteronomy, God says, don't forget me. When you build your houses and you plant your vineyards, when you become successful, when you move into the land and it's flowing with milk and honey, he says, don't forget me. Don't forget me. Do not forget me, because if you forget me... Your basket's going to dry up and the heavens are going to dry up. Don't forget me that it was me that brought you out of Egypt. It was me that gave you the vineyard. It was me that gave you the home. It was me that gave you the job. Don't forget me. And we live in a generation where people are forgetting that the reason that you are blessed is not because of the work of your own hands or the sweat of your own brow. The reason that you are blessed this morning is because there's a God in heaven that looks down and he has blessed you and he has sustained you and he has kept you. The same God that gave you the job will be the same God that can take it away, too. Don't forget God. And so many times we forget God when we're prosperous. We forget going to church. We forget giving God the first. We forget by putting God first because we are prosperous. And we think it's by our own hands. And God says, nothing is by your own hands. You need to remember that it was by me and for me. And you need to remember that it's just a stone. It's just a memorial of what I can do in your life. Oh, hallelujah. And I want to tell you something. I've looked back over my life. And I have a lot of journals and stones I have a lot of things I wrote down that God has done and God has already done. And I look back over them and I could see, oh, there's been goodness all over my life. I'm telling you goodness has been painted all over my life, and I can't just sit there and not give God some glory and some praise and some honor because God is good. Even in the pandemic, he's good. God's good. Even in all my struggle, he's good. And I am asking you today, would you help me lay some stones? I'm asking you, would you help me lay some stones for this church? Oh, it's just a pile of stones. But to us, it means everything. To me, it means a lot. I've been here 12 years, I've laid a lot of stones. To you, it may just be a bunch of stones, but to me, I look at those stones and I see what God has done. And I'm asking, come along with me. Let's lay some stones together. Let's build some memorials. Let's not build a monument. Let's build a memorial for future generations. Some stones, remember in Joshua chapter 4, some of those stones were personal. Remember? They laid them in the Jordan River. They were personal. And some of those stones we lay in our life, they are personal. You see, the Bible says in Joshua chapter 4 and verse number 6, you remember what the Lord said? This is going to be a sign to you that when your children ask to come, when your children in time to come shall ask, what does these stones mean to you? Then you will answer them and say, the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and it crossed oh, we crossed over the Jordan and the waters of the Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. Hallelujah. They're going to ask, what does these stones mean? Well, baby, I remember years ago, God delivered us. From the Jordan River. God protected us. God sustained us from from the Jordan River. You see, what's interesting, I said this last week, that when they crossed the Jordan River, they crossed at a difficult time. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 4 that they crossed at harvest time. It was very difficult. The waters were overflowing. And God did a miracle in a difficult time. Boy, when I read that, Pastor uh, Ingo, I just got excited because all of us can agree we've all went through a hard time personally and church the last couple years. We've been through a pandemic, but that's just encouraging because God shows up. At a difficult time. God shows up when the Jordan River looks impassable. God shows up when the Jordan River looks too high. And God says, listen, you're a candidate for my miracle. You're a candidate for my glory. You're a candidate for my power to be demonstrated. Because you can't do it yourself. So I'm going to do it so I can get all the glory in the end. So maybe, maybe we face difficult times. prove to us that we don't have it to do it. Maybe we face difficult times so that we can realize you don't got the resources to do it. Maybe we face difficult times so that in the end we realize that it had nothing to do with our ability but everything to do with God. And in the end God gets the glory for it. You see, I want, I don't want us to be fearful of trying new things. I don't want us to be fearful. I want us to go forward. I want to build a story with you. I want to build a history with you. I want to lay some stones down for future generations. Listen, Vision Sunday isn't about today. Vision Sunday is about future generations. It's about laying some stones for future generations. Today is not about just us. Today is about future generations. Remember I said today is not about having a new vision, we already have a vision. Today is about asking, us, asking ourselves a question. What are the steps that we need to take towards the vision? What are the steps that we need to take towards the vision? We already have a vision. What is the vision? Well, I've said it over and over, but I want to say it again. I want you to say it with me. This is the vision of Christ Point Church. In other words, this is the big picture. If we really had to really say what we wanted, this is what I believe we want. I want you to say it with me on the count of three. One, two, three. It is ethnically diverse, spirit-filled, community of believers who are pursuing God with passion, serving others, developing leaders, pointing our neighbors, neighborhoods, and nations to Jesus Christ. Would you say that that's the type of church you would like? Do you want a church that's Biblically rooted. Do you want a church that's that's vibrant? Do you want a church that's spirit-filled? These are the, the church that we want. But you say, well, pastor, how can we do it? Now, I know you can't remember all that, but you can remember this. This is how we do it. It's called the mission, and this is what we focus on. This is how you do the picture. Our mission is to develop disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is a follower of Jesus. You're a disciple. A disciple is a follower of Jesus. Our mission is to develop disciples who love God with all their head, heart, hands, and feet. My friends, if we can develop people who love God with all their head, heart, hands, and feet, do you believe we can have a biblically rooted church Do you believe that we can have a church that points the neighbors, neighborhoods, and nations to Jesus? Do you believe we can have a spirit-filled church, a vibrant church, an ethnically diverse church? Do you believe we can have that? Of course. So what do I need to remember as a church? You can't remember the big picture. Just remember this. You'll hear us often say this. Our mission is to develop disciples. What is a disciple? A follower of Jesus. Our mission is to develop disciples who love God with all their head. Heart, head, I mean, head, heart, hands, and feet. What is the head that's content? What is the heart that's experience? What is the hands that's service? What is feet that's share in the gospel? Or you could say the head is word, studying the word of God. Heart is worship. Hands is work. Feet is witness. Or you could say the the head is growth. It's where you learn. The heart is worship. The hands is serving. The feet is sharing the gospel. You get the point. If we could do that, then we could have the big picture. So this morning, I want to reiterate, that's our mission. I want to develop disciples who love God with their mind. Some of us will close the door when a Jehovah Witness and a Mormon comes because we've not been skilled. We don't know enough of the word of God to argue with them. I want you to grow in your mind. Can I hear an amen? I want you to grow. You, some of us can't. Can, can we share the faith with someone? Do we have the ability to share the gospel with someone? You see, I want us to learn with our head, but I want you to learn with your heart. We are a Pentecostal church, and we believe that you can experience God, that we can worship together. That's community. Hands, serve. God has not called us to sit on a church pew, to sit sour and soak. He's called us to do something. And lastly is the ability to share the gospel with people. If you, if you say, Pastor, I love that, and I'm on board about having a church that develops disciples with all their head, heart, hands, and feet, can I have at least 50 people stand to your feet and say, I'm all about making disciples with head, heart, hands, and feet. Everybody shout, head, heart, hands, Feet. Everybody say, head. Heart. What did Jesus say? Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your might. You shall worship the Lord your God. You see, it it entails all four of them. You may be seated. Now, remember, I'm asking you in the last ten minutes of my sermon today, I'm asking you to build some stones. I'm asking us to build some stones together. This thing has been made by our dear worship pastor, Pastor Sean and I appreciate you making this the bedrock for my stones, okay? Because Lord know if I tried to do it, it probably wouldn't look this good. (laughs) So Pastor Brandon, would you come? The first the first stone we're going to lay together this year. Now, let me explain to you that you're not going to be able to remember everything, but I do want you to remember one thing. Okay? The other things I will guide you through the year. Okay? But there's one thing I want you to remember. Everybody say, I can't remember it all. Everybody say, I can't remember it all. But he does want me to remember one thing. So the thing I want you to remember Is the 4D challenge? Would you say the 4D challenge? This is our first stone that we're going to put in the bedrock here. All right, thank you. You're such a good Van White here, Pastor Brandon. Stone number one is the 4D challenge. What is the 4D challenge? You will hear this all year long, all year long. Now. Brother Mike, before you put it up there, I'm going to explain something. The 4D challenge is something I want us all to remember it. I want you to tattoo it on your forehead. I don't want you to forget it. Everybody shout, the 4D challenge. Now, what does 4 represent? Head. What does D represent? Discipleship, right? Or you could say Dimension because there's four dimensions, or discipleship. So 4D, head, heart, hands, and feet. The challenge to you this year personally, this is personal, to you, when somebody comes to this church, we're like, what do they need to do? Now listen, listen, I say this respectfully. What I'm about to tell you, I know there's so much more to Christianity than what I'm telling you. And it's so much deeper than this. And there's more to it than this. And I am not saying that if you do this, you're just... A follower of Jesus. This is an on-ramp to cultivate your heart. All right? So this is the 4D challenge. Number one, the 4D challenge is this. 4D challenge. Number one, we're dealing with the heart. I'm asking everyone in this church to be committed to worship on Sunday morning and be involved in a small group. The heart. Why the heart? Because we are worshiping together. Why a small group? Because you're making relationships. Making relationships deals with the heart. The heart aspect of the church is, I want you to be faithful on Sunday morning, and I want you to join a small group. Why a small group? Because real growth happens in groups. You worship together, but there has to be a breakdown. Remember in Acts chapter 2, they worship together in the temple, and they went from house to house. You develop more relationships if it happens in a group. All right, now our groups, remember we used to do first and third, second and fourth, and everybody was confused. We didn't know when the groups were. We've changed it now. Our groups are going to be on the first Sunday night of every month all year long. All right, I think maybe we have December off, I'm not sure, but primarily all year on the first Sunday night of every month. Then the small group leader will pick another night during the month to have it. They can have it on a Friday night, a Saturday night, a Tuesday night, whatever. We're releasing the small group leaders to do what they feel is best with their group. But we're going to give you the first Sunday night of every month. Every first Sunday night of every month, we're having small groups. And then there's going to be another night during the month that they pick. Or you can meet more often. You can meet three times if you want. But we're going to at least give you one Sunday night a month, all right? So we want you to be committed to Sunday morning, and I want you to be committed to small groups. I realize that as a family, you can't go to everything. I realize that. But I also want to challenge you to be here on Sunday morning, and I want to challenge you to be participating in the life of a small group. Now, our small groups are going to be different. This will be more relationship-driven, more friendship-driven, because people are coming to church, and they need friends. And a part of growing discipleship is you have to have friends. Can I hear an amen? And we want you to have friends. So we're going to tie, We're going to loosen the small groups a little bit so you can develop friendships, you can do life together, all right? And so Pastor Doug and Connie will be retraining our small group leaders because, listen, if you're going to do a small group here at this church, you've got to go through the process because if you're going to bear our name and say it's Christ's point, we, we all have to speak the same language, all right? Everybody say amen. So we have to, so number one, everybody say number one. Everybody say worship. Small groups. Number two, we're going to do the head. Everybody say ahead the head. Pastor Brandon, come on. The head. Everyone say head. Head is growth point 101. Now, this is the class that we want everyone to go through. It was called. The core, it's been called many things, but it's always been a part of Growth Point. So we'll just make it easy for you. Growth Point 101 is the class we want everybody to go through. You say, well, pastor, I've been a Christian for many years. We still want you to go through the process. The, four, the growth point 101 talks about the head, heart, hands, and feet. It teaches you how to fast. It teaches you how to give. It teaches you how to worship. It teaches you the importance of small groups. It teaches you how to witness to people. And, and, and we want you to be a part of growth point 101. Pastor Brandon, you can bring the stone over. So... Um... Oh, I'm sorry, Pastor Brandon. I'm correcting you and telling you, bring it over here. I'm sorry. I'll give you a pay raise later. Do you love Pastor Brandon? I forgot, Pastor Brandon. I actually forgot that all of this is on number one. So please forgive me. I'm sitting here thinking, why is he not bringing it over here? I'll buy your lunch afterwards too. I'll make (laughs) it. And you know what? Poor Pastor Brandon. I've been in meetings before, and I've announced all the pastoral staff and always forget Pastor Brandon. So i always feel bad. Pastor Brandon, we love you so very much. <laughs> so the head, the head is complete, growth point 101. Did you see the verbiage? Complete. The problem is, is people go for two weeks, and they, I'm wondering, how, why why can't we just Finish stuff. I I don't understand. We start diets and don't finish it. People start, um, I could say a lot of stuff. Can we just finish something? Is it really that hard for the pastor of a church to ask you, will you please just come and grow? And I've gotten people got mad at me before. Mad. You're mad because... You want me? I'm pushing you to grow, to be like Jesus. Are you really that busy? You can't show up. And if you listen, if you're that busy, you're way too busy. You're doing it wrong. You're doing life wrong if you're that busy. And I'm going to say it again. You're, you're, if you're that busy, you're too busy. You're way too busy. Don't tell me that you support me and don't come. I'm with you, Pastor. I'm asking you the fourfold challenge. Be at church Sunday morning. Get connected to a small group. The head. I want you to complete growth point 101. Somebody new comes to this church, growth point 101. Growth point 101. It's very simple. Come to church. Get a small group. Growth point 101. Number three the hands. Be committed to a ministry team. If you're on a ministry team, just show up. And why do we have people not even calling the direct? Some people don't even show up, call the direct. If you're committed to a team, show up. And if you can't make it, call the appropriate person and tell them you are not showing up today. Let's just be committed on a ministry team. If you say you're going to do something, do it with excellence and be there and do it. I, I, I'm going to say it again. Be committed. Can I have some support up here? Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. And if you treated the ministry team like you, if you treated the ministry team team like you, if you go to your job and do that, they'd fire you. But if I get up here and say something, you all go home and go to another church because you're mad because the pastor's asking you, be faithful to your team. And if you can't show up, call them and let them know you can't make it. I don't understand people. Where are they at? Well, I don't know, Pastor. They never even called up or showed up. You know what that shows? You're not a person of a character and integrity. You're not taking it seriously. And we have people here working their hiney off every week to do things. And when you don't show up, you know what it does to people? It discourages people. Let's just be faithful and committed to our word. Good job, Pastor. Number four, be committed to invite and invest into one unchurched person. What would happen if all of us would just win one person to Jesus this year? Do you know what would happen? Guess what? There's a fairly good crowd here this morning. We would actually, if all of us would just win one, we'd take down the balcony, and we'd do it for two years We would have to go to two services on Sunday morning, completely filled, even the balcony, if we just win one person to Jesus. One person. So my challenge is this. What is the 4D challenge? It's simple. The 4D challenge is I want you to grow in your head, your heart, your hands and feet. Now you say, Pastor, what about water baptism? Shouldn't that be there? Or what about salvation? Yes, all that's important. But if I can get you to church, and if I can get you go through growth point 101, which you will learn about water baptism, you'll probably be baptized. And if you're not saved, you'll probably get saved when you come to church on Sunday morning. Can I hear an amen? If we can just do these things, these are simple things, these are on-ramps. That doesn't mean if you do these things, you're going to be a Superman Christian. It just means it's on-ramps to help you cultivate the head, heart, hands, and feet. And that's what I want everyone to speak the same language, the 4D challenge. Let's do it. Everybody say, be committed to church on Sunday morning. Be committed to a small group. Growth point 101, join a ministry team, win one person to Jesus. And did you see the language? Invite and invest. Be their friend. It's amazing. Tiffany and I goes to these restaurants, and I know somebody from all these restaurants. Is that right? And we just witness to these people because that's what I'm doing. I'm going to do the same thing I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you invite invest invite them out to eat. Hey, what are you doing? Come over to my house. Bring your family. Let's practice hospitality. Invite people to your house. Invite, come on. Open your heart up. Let's be missional together. Jesus ate with people all the time because it was an avenue to get to people's hearts. Invite, invest. If you don't want to come to your house, take them out to eat, do something. Have a barbecue. Let's develop friends with unsaved people. That's a concept. I'm not worried about them. I'm not worried about their actions rubbing off on me. They better be worried that I'm going to rub off on them. And some of you... Contact without contamination. They're not going to contaminate me. I can contact you. You're not going to, because I'm strong. The light in me is stronger than the darkness in you. And if you hang out with the unsaved people and you become like them, that proves to me that you probably really don't got it anyway. So, let's do the 4D challenge together. This is what I want you to remember. 4D challenge, I'm going to say it every week. 4D challenge. How many's come to church? How many's involved in a small group? Have you went through Growth Point 101? Are you on a ministry team? Are you investing in inviting an unsaved person to church? Are, are they in your life? What are you doing? You see, this is just the primary things. This is not the only things people need to do. These are the primary the 4D challenge, all right? Now I think I'm thinking about adding Bible reading up there in the head. How many knows that's important? Cuz you've already doing, you're reading your Bible. So if we read getting reading people reading their Bible, that would be very very important. So we're going to just add that there. So the 4D challenge, very simple. You can go over them. Church on Sunday, small groups, growth point 101, get, a, get involved in a ministry team and invite invest one person. If we can do that, would change the culture of this church. We're all speaking the same language. And I'm going to start pushing it because you're not called to sit on a church pew. You're not called to just sit there and come to church. I'm asking you to learn. I'm asking you to grow. I'm asking for the 4D challenge. Now, the other things, the other things here are going to be the things that are corporate. We're going to do together. This is what I want you to do personal but the other things are corporately. And you're not going to remember all of this, and that's okay because I'm going to be steering the ship and I'm going to be pushing it along. I just need you to remember this, all right? Now, the other four things I'm going to mention, it deals with the head, heart, hands, and feet, but it's a corporate thing, stuff we do together, all right? And the first stone that we're going to do together, would you bring that out there, Pastor Brandon? Thank you. We're going to, it's invite and invest, it's invest and raise up next gen. So, next gen, we're going to focus on, this is raise that stone really high. This is the next gen. And so, what I want to say about the next gen is this. I want one Sunday morning a month, all of our children will go to church on Sunday morning. So, we're not going to have children church every Sunday morning. We want to teach our children to listen to the stories of adults in a church service. So, one Sunday morning a month, that gives our children workers a break and gives them break. Now, we'll have nursery, but kids' church, one Sunday morning a month. I think it's the first Sunday of every month we're going to do this. They're going to come to church, and I believe that we have parents that will teach their children to sit in church and be respectful and learn and grow because if we don't teach them to do that, they'll never learn. And listen, I'm not the type of pastor, if they're crying and they're upset, that's okay. Because the day that we don't have children crying and children in church will be the day that we become a dead church. Amen? So it doesn't bother me. What bothers me is people on their phones that's adults. That bothers me. It doesn't bother me that a child's crying or a child's playing. Can I hear an amen? Well, I'm preaching real good up in here. So we're going to do that. And the other thing is, is that me and Pastor Stephanie, and and I'm going to say this, June 1st, we hired a new youth pastor. Hold on. And he's going to do young adults too. So he's going to be the youth pastor and young adults. And I am not allowed to release their names yet because they haven't told their place of employment yet. They'll do that in the next month or so. And so they've asked me not to share with his his name, but I could say this. They were at church a few Sundays ago, and and they did accept it. And uh, they will be here on June the 1st, and uh, they will be our new youth pastors and young adult pastors. Somebody should just stand to your feet and bless the Lord right there. So we're excited about our next gen And you may be seated. Pastor Stephanie has got all of the bus drivers lined up. We've been working on this for months, getting people to drive the bus on Wednesday nights. And so uh, we're going to run the bus on Wednesday nights, not Sunday, but Wednesday nights. And we're right now working on a growth point plan for our kids. Can somebody say amen? The next thing, and this is my favorite thing. Now, you're not going to be able to remember it all, but that's okay. One of my favorites is multiply leaders to lead. Now, I realize that if we're going to grow a church, we just got to just release people. I understand that in theory, and I've preached that for years. But in practice, I probably haven't been doing it as much because I'm a red, and I like to make sure everything's done my way. Right, Tiffany? So, multiply leaders. So, the reason I didn't mention Sunday night like, well, you didn't mention coming to church on Sunday night because some of our Sunday night services, one Sunday night a month is small groups, right? Some of our Sunday night services is going to be called Ephesians 4.12 services. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.12, for the pastor to perfect the saints for the work of the ministry. So in other words, the scripture tells us that the pastor should raise up people for the work of the ministry. And so now we're, I'm going to shift gears, and on some Sunday nights, what we're going to do, instead of Sean leading worship, somebody else will lead the whole worship service. Instead of me taking the offering, somebody else will take the offering. Somebody else will preach. Somebody else will do the announcements. I will not do I'll sit on the front row. I'm not even going to say a word. We're just going to let the service go because we're going to train up other people. There's people that have a heart to preach. Well, guess what? We're going to put you to work. There's people that have a heart to get up and speak. You've got a public speaking ministry. So we're going to use Sunday nights as a training ground to raise up ministers. Can I, Is this good? And I'm so excited. And Pastor Brandon wins our first uh, 412 service. It's March, the second Sunday of March. Is the first 4:12 uh, uh, service, and so, and then we're going to incorporate our children in the 4:12 services. Some of our children feel that they can sing. Some of them can speak a word. We're going to start cultivating, raising up people on Sunday nights. Can I hear an amen? So, some of you may feel like you're called to preach. Well, guess what? We'll, we'll go have a sign-up list, and listen. You may not. You may not. You know. You may do excellent. You may fail. That's all right, because it's going to be an atmosphere where we're not looking at it as a failure. We're looking at it as an opportunity to lay a stone, an opportunity to build people up and to release people into ministry. There's people sitting in this seat that you can sing, but you haven't sung. There's people in this church that you, you have a call to preach. We want to cultivate that in your life. But I want you to do the 4D challenge. Don't expect to have the microphone if you can't submit to growth point. And don't, don't, don't expect the microphone if you can't come to church. And don't expect a microphone if you can't serve and you can't win. Some, don't, don't expect it. But if for those who are saying, you know, I'm on board with the mission of the church, we want to put you to use, and we want to use you and raise you up so that you can leave this church and be an anointed preacher or whatever you want to do. Amen. So multiply leaders to lead. We want to increase our small group leaders because we want to have a vibrant small group ministry. And Pastor Doug and Connie will be doing training later. We'll probably shoot our small groups later. It's not going to start right now. It will start here in the next few months, right, or in the fall. So the next thing we want to do is, number three, we want to cultivate a culture of radical generosity. This is the other stone that we want to lay. So, I ask you, remember I asked you last week that on June the 12th, we're going to have a big service at this church, and we're going to pack out the service. Pack out the service, we're going to take down the uh, curtains, we're going to fill the building up on June the 12th. It's going to be a great day, we're going to have activities for all the adults and kids after service, and so June the 12th is a big service. Everybody say June the 12th. I've already shared that with you, and this is an opportunity for you to do the 4D challenge. Invite and invest somebody and bring them to June the 12th. So if it goes along with our challenge, invite and invest somebody, bring them to June the 12th. We're going to pack out the church on June the 12th, all right? And so you're going to have four major services this year that we're going to emphasize you bring in somebody. You can bring them anytime, but Easter, June the 12th, And there's a come and see in October and then the Christmas service. Four big services where you say, you know what? I want you to come and see, look what God is doing at our church. So June the 12th, we're going to pack this church out. The reason I said that is because I want to develop a culture of radical generosity is because if you've been to the gymnasium and been to the classrooms and the hallway, you'll realize how dirty the carpet is. Very, very, very dirty. How many, raise your hand, say you've seen the dirt in the gym primarily? You've seen that. And then also down the hallway, it's very, very filthy. I went and looked at it the other day, trying to tell myself it wasn't that bad. But the more I walked through it, the more I, I just went back to my office. So I what I want to do is I want to replace all the carpet, and it's... We had an estimate, and we're getting a few more estimates. So I don't want to throw out a bunch of numbers yet because I want to be prepared. So we're just getting some numbers together. And I already had Dan Wormuth call. I was talking to Pastor Dan from Joplin Family Worship Center, and I was telling him, you know, We were just having a conversation about churches, and I said, yeah, this year we want to do this. He said, you know, Pastor, uh, come over Monday, and we'll give you a check for $1,000 just to let you know I believe in you, and you tell your church I believe in you. And so I said, okay, well, thank you, Pastor. I had somebody else yesterday said that they're, they're going to get an X amount of money. And not sure how much it is, possibly, maybe, $10,000, but they'll, they'll give it towards the carpet. So it's already started. So what I want to do is develop a radical culture of generosity. I want us to start tithing. You say, Pastor, what is tithing? It's giving God the first. You say, well, Pastor, I don't have it. Well, that's the purpose of tithing. To teach you that God comes first even when you don't have it. How am I going to eat? That's the purpose. You trust God. How am I going to pay my bills? You trust God. How am I going to pay my car payment? You trust God. So it teaches you, you release the money because tithing destroys greed. Prayer destroys pride. So why do we do this? God don't need your money. God doesn't need a piece of paper. God needs your heart. And so we do this as a discipline. We do this to break greed in our life. So a culture of generosity so we're going to start raising money to replace the carpet because the denomination, the Pentecostal Church of God, is coming to this church June the 20th, the whole de- the denomination's coming here for Summerfest. So there'll be teenagers around the nation coming here, and I really don't want them to go through the hallways and see the dirty carpet. Everybody's saying, well, look at Bishop Pennington's church. No, we're going to change the carpet before they get here, and it's a great motivator to get it done. Thank God for the 50 people that really believe with me. So, and there's other things, signage, things we need to do. Somebody, just, somebody already gave us $5,000 the other day. So, so money's coming in. I wasn't even promoting anything. So I just want you to be on board with this. We need to do some things cosmetically here, just, just a little bit, push a little bit. You know, if we're going to stay in the building, we need to make it presentable for guests to come to this church. Amen? So let's do that. Let's develop a radical generosity. uh, And then then a part of that will be our technology. Because as long as we're online, we need to continue to upgrade that. So it's twofold. All right, and the last one is this. The last stone we're going to make is we're going to be in each one, reach one church. And I've already said this over and over, but that's a part of the 4D challenge. You see how it goes together? You need to invite, invest somebody. In other words, we're going to be in each one reach one church. If everyone would just reach one person, invite one person, invest in one person, we can turn this church around. Just one person. You say, well, pastor, we don't got all these programs. It's not about programs. It's about people. If you can just get one person, one, we can change the culture of this church. We can be a soul winning church. You say, well, pastor, I don't know if I could do it. You are equipped to win somebody to Jesus. People are just looking for a friend. Just look, be in each one, reach one church. If we can do that. So I know as a church, you can't remember all of this. I mean, you can't remember everything I said, but you can remember the one thing I've said, the 4D challenge. And I want us to be on board with the 4-D. I want, I want you to remember the 4-D challenge. And what is the 4-D challenge? Head, heart, hands, and feet. It's a challenge to grow. Grow in your head. What is the head? It's content knowledge. Go through and complete growth point 101. You say, well, what happens after I complete that? Well, we have growth point 102. Hopefully, you get a hunger for the word and maybe take another class. But let's just start small. Is that all right? Growth point 101. What about the heart? Sunday morning and a what? What about the hands? Join a inside this church. Number 4, invite and invest one unchurched person. You can invite him to June the 12th because we're going to pack the church out. 4D. The 4D challenge. These are on ramps to other things. Water baptism is important. Salvation's important. You know, all those other things. But if you can do these things, that will get them to do the other things, all right? So let's just be on board with the 4D challenge. These things are corporately things I'm going to implement on Sunday night. I'm going to do that as a pastor. I'm going to push you to help me cultivate a radical generosity. I'll be teaching on it. I'll have envelopes for you to give. You can give online. I'll be te- that's stuff we can do together. Being each one reach one church. Well, June the 12th is an opportunity for you to bring somebody. So those four other stones are stones you don't need to remember. I will be pushing that along. I want you to remember the 4D, all right? And we're going to do, now these are simple things, little things that we can do. But ladies and gentlemen, I believe that if we can just do the 4D challenge and start with that, those other stones that I've mentioned will just happen naturally. Amen? Amen.